it as slow as possible so that way I can enjoy it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler from the Unemployed Architects. This week I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine, or soon to be good friend of mine, Nolan Kelly, formerly from the band Flaccid. So how you doing, man? Good. What's up, man? Oh, a lot of the same. People people keep asking me that question, and I a lot of times don't have a very good answer, you know? So... Is this music gonna fade or? Oh, man, it's supposed nice. to. That's, it's supposed to. I'll probably fix smooth. that in editing, though. Like, I was, I was wondering. It's a little if, long. I was wondering. If <laughs> I we were started gonna... talking too soon. Is the problem? No, it's a perfect radio vibe. I just wondered if we were gonna talk over it the whole time. Oh, like it's I, the weather channel or yeah, something. Yeah. Well, you, I, I was gonna say earlier when you picked up the guitar, you could do that kind of. Sure, you, I'll just play the whole time. Yeah, you could just be flat picking in the back, and then I'll absentmindedly respond to everything. Yeah, else not like, totally. Kind of here. Yeah, that, that happened to me. The other day, I was—I just started the, this, the new job that I mentioned at uh, the music shop. Yeah, and you liking it? It's—I mean, it's a job. It's more more focused than the other music shop job I had. So I'm definitely feeling it. More hours, better commission, which is nice. But good people too. Yeah, the people Obviously. there are super nice. All those people are the best. They've helped me out so much over the years. And I mean. I, I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting how nice they were. Oh, but, um, even Even the people that you don't see, because oh, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of people in that back office and stuff, just the nicest people. Um, yep. The job itself, maybe not the most ideal, but because of the attitudes of everybody's so good, it makes it easier. It pretty to, much makes every job you have or yeah. anything you're doing is the people you're doing it with. Like, but t- um, Tony is... Endlessly, just the best guy to shoot the shit with. Yeah. And Jeff, of course, all those all those yeah. guys are great. Yeah, and I'm seeing those guys every day, so it's a it's a good place to be. But um, I was uh, just brought a guitar up from the back and like was tuning it up to put it out, and Tony was talking to me, and I I felt like after the fact was like, oh, I wasn't like paying attention at all because I had a guitar in my hand. Yeah, and it's like I halfway was like engaged and just doing my auto response mode, but um. You know, not not very engaged, and then sometimes I think that, you know, I feel bad about that a little bit. But. Yeah, it's great how quickly you can get lost in it. It's like, <laughs> the reason I'm sure that, I'm sure you feel the same way about this. Like, half the time that your girlfriend knows you're not listening to her, it's like, well, you're sitting there vibing, you're in right. the middle of something that you can't pay, you can't pay attention to everything else. I, I agree, I agree. And uh, I, I often feel bad for my girlfriend because she has to listen to me, like, every day like for hours i can absolutely relate to that (laughs) i play these you know i i can cover maybe four or five hours of music but probably like 500 songs yeah you do a lot of shit maybe more like 100 150 but you know even that even my solid sets that i practice like every week those songs she has to hear and i'm i'm a bit like i i don't feel like i'm a natural like i have to practice like i i can't I won't have as much fun because it won't sound as good ultimately. Right, you so, do everything beforehand, and that's completely tuned up. I do feel like that's that's something I've had to learn over the years. Um, that I, I'm not one of those guys that can just show up ready to go. I have. Well, it's to, also better than I mean, not to talk shit about anybody in particular, but that's better than being the guy that because sh- you don't. I, your mindset might be the same way that I am. Like I don't want to be the guy that shows up. And I'm playing tunes off of a fucking iPad. Well, at every I am. I get very annoyed at that stuff, also. But I try. See, I th- I've, I've I've talked about this before, but I say I think if if you can do a hundred songs already, and you grab the iPad and it makes it so you can do two hundred songs, like that's great. That's fine because 
you know, you already put in the work to the 100. That extra 100 is just for random requests from people, and that's good for the crowd. But if you're doing a whole set where you're staring at an iPad, it starts to really bug me. Yeah, and I guess I've never really seen anybody just do a whole set off an iPad, which is a good I thing have. to point out. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. But I, th- I think they make the holders of the iPad more and more, cons- like, harder to notice, too. So Sure. Because, I mean, most I don't think anybody really pays that close of a... T- like, I think most people wouldn't notice. Most people don't care either, yeah. but <laughs> from what you're saying, it's like the perfectionist mindset of, like, I want to... You want to have the song, like anything, like, whether it's the song specifically that you're learning or just having the theory under your belt that you spend years honing in to know what you can do musically with any given situation is when you are able to show up and close your eyes and throw it all out the window and just take it from the heart and yeah i think i think i think uh that's some of the best moments i've ever had performing is when like I get a look because I I'm so in my head all the time and it's needless. I don't know why, but you know I'm always analyzing everything and um, I just think that you know those moments where you can kind of like you've put in all the legwork, so you've practiced all that time, and then like you forget about it all that and you just like you said, kind of from the heart, just kind of you turn off go everything else and you you kind of just jump into that energy and become the moment like. That, that kind of came to fruition with the way that Flaccid ended. Like, when we knew that it kind of needed to come to an end, it seemed like it was going to just derail itself and not become anything. And I said, listen, like, if anything, we've got all of this unrecorded material that we haven't released, that we've been playing. I'm going to bookmark that section of that, but keep going. I need to remember to come back to that. Sure. And, um, and we've clearly been doing this out of love for so many years and so many people would it's not just for the sake of the people that would be upset if we hadn't had one last show to send it off properly but to owe it to ourselves like we'd put in all the time and legwork and to get to that point and not send it off properly would have been a disservice so even like eight months out I was like we hadn't recorded anything yet I was a Liked to record and like to record with Eric Nelson over at Eclipse. Uh, I, I, he's the I, man. That's usually who I when I do it in the studio. That's and he's mentioned he's mentioned you actually. He's awesome. But um, I was like, we didn't even have, didn't even have the album recorded yet. And I was like, we're gonna book the show at the castle eight months out. We'll record the whole album. So really, put a deadline. Uh, on yeah, it. <laughs> sometimes you have to put a deadline on yourself and yeah, just say like, I'm terrible. This, this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna get it done somehow before then. But in the meantime, I'm still just winging it. Like you just set the deadline, and then it's like. Got it. It's got to get done. It'll fall into place, hopefully. It, <laughs> but, it's gonna get done one right. way or the other. Well, that's great. I mean, I I'm terrible with stuff like that. Uh, I I tend to, you know, I get stuff done. I definitely do that. But as far as like getting it done in a timely fashion, I don't know. And sometimes, like I've been working on an album for like over five years. <laughs> you know, because it's it's so expensive to record in a studio and it's so time consuming to do it all myself. And I'm doing it's gonna be like a hybrid of like a kinda it's gonna be a two part album. One part's all studio songs, the other part's all kinda just home recording style stuff. And you know, it's just been it's been five five years. That's too long. That's too long. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to like it is and it isn't finish you can't it. quantify something that you're trying to make as a representation of what you're doing at the same time it is good to like give yourself deadlines but it's 
it's hard when it it's funny that you say that because about you doing a hybrid album because I've got like four songs recorded with a few of my friends that I was going to put out just as an EP and I've got so many other songs in the works and so many musical friends that it's like I've kind of decided to just do a more full fully fleshed out album with a collaboration of numerous different friends of mine like with the four so, songs I already have and then just build on that kind some of. songs that I've actually already recorded with my buddy Alex Dewey I might even include if he's up for it that are like really like electronic cool. which is odd different because um, he's more of like most people would think of him as like a bluegrass. real bluegrass guy right but he in his spare time has been recording a, had been recording a bunch of like electronic tracks and then had me just come in and wail over all of them and That's they awesome. all turned out spectacular so so you're you're thinking it's gonna be like five or six like regular songs and then maybe five or six songs like that. Or? So the four that I've got are pretty. It's me on acoustic and then uh, some dobro via Chris Wyman and uh, yeah. bass and keys with Kyle and Siege, and they all sound great as they are. But there's also gonna be some like fully full band backed tracks like. Maybe even with the guys from Flaccid, of course. And so, did you with those? Those are mostly home. Like the four you have done, those are mostly at home. Um, they were written at home, but I ended up, we recorded them with Eric. Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah so that uh, they be sound great. they sound fantastic. I'll yeah. send them to you. I mean, if if they were recorded by Eric and you guys, I think they sound great. They're, I was really happy with the way they came out. We did them all awesome. in one night, knocked them all out four in a row. Yeah, I'm bad at that too. <laughs> I mean, I I do, I'll do one song. It'll take me like three months. But I'll sp- it'll be three recording sessions. Let's sure. say. Sure. Well, yeah. Was, with as with as prized as Eric is and hard hard as it can be to get in there once in a while, you get maybe one or two spaced, days a month spaced so. out for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely jealous about being able to just finish some. And I, I mean, I do some stuff, but not enough. I always I never feel like I'm doing enough. Well, and, again, uh, it's kind of the it's kind of the trade off to that. I think where you do something so many times and then you learn to just trust that it's good enough and let it go because like we'd played those songs of mine a a fair number of times and obviously Kyle and CJ uh, having been in the band with me before helped like they and Chris too like they all we all know each other's musical stylings and we all knew what we were going for with each one so we did a few takes of each and then you just kind of let it go. They were all just live tracked. I sang while we it's did awesome. them so in the same room. So. I never do them that way just because I don't even have a band half the time. Right. <laughs> I'm very... I, you, you could call the Unemployed Architects Tyler and Friends, I think, just like you do the Nolan Kelly and Friends. Well, that was, I guess that's something that I, I didn't... I couldn't think of a name anyway. It's not like I was starting a new band. I was like... I didn't want it to just be anything to do with my name, but at the end of the day, I was like... My name's not going to change. I can just keep doing whatever I want to do under my own name for ever, and I can I can cycle out friends as soon as they get sick of me. So (laughs) (laughs) that's that's pretty uh, pretty. I would say pretty similar to the situation I'm in, Mike. Unemployed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not an architect. <laughs> yeah. I'm not unemployed technically, so I'm yeah, really now you're, now, you're, now you're the employed. <laughs> employed something, yeah, I don't know. But uh I, yeah, getting the older I get the harder it is to keep you know, How old like, are you? Uh thirty one. You're not that old. How old are you? Twenty eight. I'm not that old. Well, I, sometimes you feel old. I'm you, a spry twenty eight. You you got uh 
you're a little more maybe hopeful probably than I. I'm I'm more on the jaded end of things. I think. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a pretty hopeful person, but I do all I can to run myself down. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to, right? Um, so let's talk about flaccid a little bit. I was I I I've been I've done sound. I was gonna bring this up earlier, but you were like save it for the. The, the the show there, but uh, yeah, I, we were I, talking show about all sorts of people. I was like, let's wait until we're on. <laughs> we get the mics so on, so we can, so we can put it down properly. Um, but uh, I did sound for you guys once at uh, McGuire's. I don't know, it was a nice. long time ago. It must have been the first time we played there. I believe it was a Nick Leroy production. Yes. Oh man, that's funny too because I hate that dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's all right. But yeah, that was the first time that we played there. He had uh, booked us at like some after show from the castle or something. So it was, yeah, it was fun, man. Yeah. And I, I didn't really know what to expect, but you guys kind of threw it down. I was like, this, these guys are pretty good. Um, we went hard. Yeah. And that's kind of all you want, I think. I mean, you I don't want to so. go up there. You don't want to watch somebody go up there and not go home. No, nobody wants to see somebody go up there half mast. But uh, you guys tend to stand, stay on, more on the kind of jammy side, jam band esque rock. We kind of got lumped into that, and we were actually Kyle and Nick were over last night. We were uh, playing some tunes just in my basement, and we were kind of talking about that. Well, obviously, we got lumped in with that after end up ending up playing at summer camp and stuff like that, but. Like, I'm sure every jam band feels this way, but we never felt like we were really a jam... Like, we were a band that obviously jammed, but we had s- so many songs. one part, like, right? We had one part it was of a, the... It was a combination between having, like... We probably had, like, 30 songs by the time we were done. And I we do were, I do remember that show being a little bit on the jammy stuff. I'm but, sure it was. But that's, you know, it's coming from a guy that mainly goes to bars and plays acoustic and just plays songs, songs, right, songs. Right, right, You know, right. I'll play f- sometimes 40 songs sure. in a set. In an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be pretty extreme. I See, don't we were never shy about jamming and letting the music play the band. And honestly, I would love to do that. It's just when you're playing by yourself, you don't really have that yeah, option. <laughs> unless you really drown out the ideas of anything and take the liberties you want to with being instrumental with yourself. Like I think something. you have to do a lot of looping or like... Or I started really doing the foot percussion in. stuff sure. and that, that tends to help a little bit as far as like, you know, I keep the beat going and drop out. But as soon as like I'm playing guitar, as soon as I'm dropping out, you know, it sounds pretty empty. It's hard to... I mean, there are ways, don't get me wrong, there are ways no, to I kind of fill it in. feel you, because you, you do feel like you're just drowning up there where it's just you. Like, I always... Have you... How many acoustic shows have you, have you done? A few? Or? Plenty. I mean, I've done plenty of acoustic shows, and the one thing I learn every time is that I don't want to be the only one up... I can, and I can easily feel comfortable getting into that zone and just vibing off of my own playing, and still even have fun. Like, I can I can entertain with just a guitar and singing, but... It's always so much more fun for me, I find, if I have at least one other person up there. Like, if Chris is up there playing Dobro with me, like, I'm vibing off him and, like, sending him in a different direction and, or just anybody, really, to where I can take more liberties myself with, if I have Kyle playing bass, I can leave him the low end and just kind of go crazy. That's really what the main thing I feel like I'm always missing is a bass player. Another, I play with another guitar player a lot and we kind of can... You know, kind of go go back and forth a Blair? little bit. Yeah, Blair. I love that dude. <laughs> you you hung out with him more I than a few times. I love that dude. Who doesn't? Who he's doesn't? a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, and he's a lot of fun, good guitar. I mean, his guitar tone may, may, uh, may be the best I've ever... I mean, he... Have you seen his cockpit that he kind of... He's got a whole rig. Yeah, he's uh, got a corner. 
Yeah, when when you play a, a full band show with Blair Steffens, he takes up a good two hours of the load in, <laughs> <laughs> and a ten by ten section on the stage. That's oh yeah, just pedal boards, zoned up just for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, he's got a great tone, and I mean he he's always just been obsessed with tone. And but what I was saying is, you know, it's nice when, when it was me and him, we kind of go back and forth a little bit. But the other people I play with a lot, which are my girlfriend Laura Lynn and uh, Dave. Faulkner, the mm-hmm. hand percussionist, it still feels like when, even if I'm doing fan percussion and he or he's doing hand percussion, I'm doing foot percussion, and it kind of has like a drum set kind of vibe, it's still, when I drop the guitar out, it just sounds so empty. And I mean, I have pedals to kind of fill in the space sometimes, like I have like a, uh, uh, what is it, an octave, Boss octave pedal, mm-hmm. I think it's an eight or something, but anyway, um, and it has a setting where you can have a separate bass note out. But you you have to completely adjust the way you play because Just you're setting the range of the bass, which is annoying. And then so that only works for so many songs unless you want to like revamp how you do your whole like repertoire. Yeah, and then if you're looping, you got to make sure that you not Loop. only nail it, but you're comfortable just jamming on what you're sitting on for however long see i and i i like the idea of that and i've messed with that in in a few more than a handful of times but it's just the setup part of the loop is just so unentertaining to me when people are doing it. it's like cool it's like gimmicky and cool for like you know the first five songs but after that like you're like all right let's but again that's just an opinion thing blair does the looping stuff a lot and i feel like it's nice because he does some of it but not enough to like too many in a row and then like i'll do the foot percussion for other songs and we kind of trade off back and forth so it's not just like setting up a loop for five minutes before every song so you can because I mean, it is. It, it takes crazy talent to do that too. It's almost like learning a whole different instrument. I feel like you're. You just got to be especially dialed in with your rhythm and know exactly where you're coming in on the one, and then to end it and execute it to make sure that it's looping properly. Right, and I think there's just one little like just being a hair off would ruin my whole song. You know? it, it absolutely would. <laughs> You'd be the guy standing there like, oh, uh, let me just redo that real quick. Yeah, I'd be doing kill it, seven it real times. quick and then record it again. You can kind of fudge that and get away with it too, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely something else to, that you have to work out. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of being live too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate the looping stuff. I think it's very cool and very talented. I think I've mostly employed it as like outros if I'm playing solo. Like if I'm doing some kind of extended outro where it's going to be some of the same chords over each other, and then you I want to go crazy jump, over jump my to a lead, my own yeah. loop, or you know play with myself but the le- i always find live with that stuff too the levels are so important because if 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 your loop isn't at, like just not quite loud enough have it, dialed it in. can get I, yeah and and i'm already i always feel like i always have too much stuff to dial in already so then be more, i don't know it's it's constantly like just adding more things and more things and more how things. has it been for you since because i imagine you were always staying pretty busy just even booking shows, which is a lot more work than people think of. It's very true. How has it been for you? Since, I mean, obviously you've uh, said you've been working at the music shop, but has it been for you to have it's kind of a been relief? weird, but it, I mean, it's... Uh, Does it feel like a relief? No, or do you feel never. Terrible? The, the, yeah. One of the first things I said when this all happened was, um, you know, I used to think that I was just busy. Turns out I'm just a procrastinator and like... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I you know, also like staying busy. Clearly, when yeah. you're booking that many shows, like you're doing it because you love it. And and but oh, I just saying like I I feel like I might use that as an excuse to not get some stuff done, if that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I I I try to stay as busy as possible, and it was super weird. I was I never really completely halted because I was always teaching, um, you know three days a week, which isn't that much, but, you know, your whole day kind of revolves around that. But what was it that you didn't think you were getting done? And do you now feel like, do you now feel like you're not getting done? Just in a different way. In a just different in way, di- right? Because yeah, now you're like, I'm not playing shows. Are you getting the other things done that you didn't feel like you were No, not, not, not whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I like, I release podcasts and I, I release music, but it's never fast enough, I feel like. And, uh, you know, I, I never am getting, I'm try, always trying to gain ground and I always feel like somebody's right on my tail, you know, not, not literally a person, but I mean like, I just got to keep pushing, keep going yeah. and I never can quite get as much stuff done as I feel like. And I, I know that some of that has to do with, you know, I see other people on social media and how much they're doing and I'm like, well, I'm, I need to work harder, you know? Yeah, and I, just but that's paying just too much attention to fucking social media. That's definitely true, but I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to be successful. I feel like if you if you have to if you're if you're really trying to do that, you really have to like do all the work. You can't you can't there's no corners. Yeah, you don't just cut every <laughs> fucking corner and expect it to just things to just happen. But also, it's probably not good to be like you know so tired all the time and like feel yeah. feel feel like I'm not getting you know that 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 unfulfilled feeling. I don't know if you have that at all. But Sometimes, I'm, as anybody does, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, like you're doing what you can. Like you're still here. You're still working. You're still staying busy. Like. When you pay attention to social media and people that are just constantly showing the better parts of yeah, usually it's constantly just their best, or, the things. best or the worst, where you see nothing but politicizing and like you were talking about before we started this, like how t- how many touchy things you can get to that you don't want to, you know, even as a musician, like you don't want to over politicize something because you don't want to rub anybody the wrong way, one way or the other, whether it's like fucking Joe Rogan or Dave Matthews. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like at the end, it, when you have a conversation with somebody, you're not having a flat, static conversation via text over some stupid app. You're actually, like, we, could dis- we could disagree about everything and it'd be a much easier fleshed out without a conversation as opposed to... Well, there'd be a certain level of empathy and having to look the other person in the face. You can't just, you know... Say, say. I mean, it, some people can't. I, I wouldn't be able to. I'm not even. I don't even like doing anything on the Facebook as far as. Uh, but you know, being a musician, you kind of have to have a little bit of the marketing from. I mean, there's no way around it, especially I think for our age group and the people that would come to my shows. Until I mean, now, when there's no shows anyway. <laughs> that is true. Then you uh, have to shift your mentality of just putting out stupid videos and. Any content uh, podcast. anyway. Yeah, podcasts. <laughs> podcasts are fun though. But, They're uh, so fun. I like the, I like the podcast for like forum because or, or medium because there's no expectation, you know. Right. Like it's just whatever I want it to be at any time. It doesn't have to be anything. Whereas you know with some of the others like artistic stuff I do, I have this vision. You've got expectations for. Ex- I think that's something that maybe when I think that I just wing it with everything I do, like, I don't have any expectation necessarily for anything that I might be creative with. It's just like, let's just 
do what we're going to do and do as much as we can and see what happens. And there's there's certainly flaws to that, but it's at the end of the day, like just put it out there. When I when I was a little younger, I might have had more of that mentality. I think the the you know the the longer my life goes on, the less that you know. I I I feel like I've been working for you know maybe not as much as you need to for you know whatever the I, there's no time there's no amount of time that says like oh if i do it for this long it's gonna be success there is no game plan and i want to be successful really bad at this because i just don't feel like i can work a normal job <laughs> you know, yeah and this isn't a cop-out by any means but it it's true that success to a certain extent is really what belies you to feeling happy. Like, well, my whole idea of that is just I want to play shows like as much as possible from my job. I mean, that's my vision of success. I don't have any and have you know albums and albums of all the songs I've written on like down recorded to like a satisfactory level. That's been my vision of success since like day one. Um, and I, I mean. I, it's a, it's part of my income, so it's like I'm I'm a, I have some sort of success, and I'm sure if you, I talk to myself, my 28 year old self, and I t- told that person what I've been up to and like what I what I do and stuff, they would he he would be like, oh that's that's pretty successful. You're doing a really good job, but it's like every time you level up, your expect my expectation is different. Now. It grows for yeah. you, thinking that you haven't. Because see, you could also slightly shift that mentality and say, you know, like, for you to say that you don't necessarily have all of your songs recorded, like, maybe that would be a different definition of success, not to necessarily have, like, there is no reward for the creation of it. I think you'd... The reward is the creation. Yeah, the, the process of it is what is great, and maybe you'd feel more rewarded intrinsically if you did finish, like, the album you said you've been working on for five years and had those things down. Because yeah. that's something that will... Yeah, I mean, everything's going to burn to the ground. Oh, I know. I know that for sure. And I, I, I've talked about that plenty, about, um, you know, everything kind of will become dust at some point, so I don't know why I, you know, try so hard to leave my mark on stuff or what, whatever, but there's something inside of me that... But putting that music down on record does leave that, yeah. that music out there and puts it out into the void. But again, I mean, it, it's going to crumble as well. You know, everything's going to crumble at some point. So it does it matter to, like, you know, existence and reality? I don't think so. But to me, since that's all I'm here, I feel like to do, to it does it, it does matter. It's the only thing I have that I, 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 like, I focus all my time and my energy on. I think you're successful then if you enjoy what you do and if, if you find the means to do it in the first place that's success you're you're doing it the fact that you're doing it at all is the success of it and and in some ways i agree with you but there's a lot of stuff that you know i wish that i didn't have to necessarily focus like the day job is the the simple easiest one to kind of understand i mean setting up for a show is also not not my favorite thing to do you know like little things like that that promoting booking all this stuff that it's another full-time job yeah if i if i could just outsource that stuff and only focus on the part that like i really enjoy i feel like that would be you know a little more successful yeah would you if you unless you really had somebody that you knew and trusted that was going to hit it as hard as you do you don't want to leave anything in your own creation 
to the hands of somebody else. And that's that's definitely true. And I've had you know trouble with that in the past. Um, you know, a couple times I've let somebody else take the reins on things, and it doesn't know. work out the way you want it to. <laughs> yeah. That's part of. So the I'm a control thing. freak, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. If you want, you want. You want yourself to be represented in the way you want to. Sometimes you just got to do it yourself. Yeah. And I, I try. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there is a happy, successful place anyway. I think that that's kind of an illusion, ultimately. I understand that, you know, everybody that, you know, works really hard and gets to this place that they always wanted to be, it's like once you get there, you're like, well, now what? <laughs> you know, your, your, your mentality, your. Yeah, that might be true, but those people that get there, you just keep going. Like. Yeah, you just set a new bar, and that's, I think, the... But I'm just saying, like, because when you get to that place, that place that, like, my 28-year-old self would envision would be successful, like, or more successful would be where I am now, but now my vision of, you know, being successful is in maybe my three years from now self and then that when i we talk about that person they have a 10-year ver- you know like it the the finish line just keeps moving i think yeah, and i've I, never understood anybody that thinks they have a five-year fucking plan that doesn't make any <laughs> sense like i'm just out here winging it I don't, I, I don't think i have a plan i'm just saying like so my my 28 year old self if they knew what i was doing now which they didn't because i didn't have a plan they they and I was like, okay, well, I'm playing shows every Friday and Saturday. I'm making you know a good portion of my income. I'm recording. Like if I said all this stuff to my younger self, I think my younger self would be like, that's pretty successful. Like, sure, you're doing good. Sure. But now that I'm here, even though I didn't plan that out, I you know I've moved the finish line. Now I think that you know I'd have to be this to be successful. And I think if I ever got to that place. Not that I have a plan to get there. I have I have a bunch of ideas on stuff, but I, I don't have like a five five year plan necessarily necessarily. But anyway, I don't know. All I'm saying is I think my personality might be unsatisfied. <laughs> I, think, I think that's just who I am as a person. Just your perception of your, yeah, just dissatisfied as yeah. as, as a mindset. <laughs> yeah, I, I I try I try to get out of that as much as possible. I, but. I definitely feel the same way about a lot of things. Like, <laughs> for some reason. Things just aren't ever good enough. It's like I gotta fucking. There's moments. There's moments of good stuff. There's there's moments of clarity where you realize, like, man, I've got a great fucking life. Well, you you had said you had said something. You had said, oh, maybe if you like finish that album, and I feel like that stuff is like a. There's a visceral feeling of like, oh, I did it, and I I felt a huge sense of relief after the six year build up and realizing that we were going to end the band. To be able to say, like, we're going to do it the way that we want to do it. It's going to end, and we're going to go out the way that we want to and record the final album and play the last show. And the whole the whole thing came to the, the final moment of it at the castle, and it was, to your point, truly just visceral. It was fucking beautiful. And like, you put all that legwork in, and then, you know, it was the last show, so it's like, it's... I think there's some SNL skit where it's like they're like, ah, oh, last last game of the year, can't hold anything back. Yeah. So so I'm sure on that that last show, I mean, you're not you have no re- you're not even going to be worried about practice ever. No, you're not going to be worried no about thought. that next show. So you can no th- really just, just let like, it go, put it all out there. Yep. We just let it rip right before we got on stage, and then we got on stage and drowned out for literally two and a half hours. We played straight through. That's awesome. And walked off leaving nothing but our fucking blood on the stage and 
deservedly that night partied our asses off till like seven a.m. I'm sure. Nice. It was a good. It was a good time. Well, and I think uh, you know there there there's a little bit of like beauty in that story. That's a good story. Like I would never want to be the one to like go out in a way that you didn't want to. You know what I mean? Like it was it was just quintessential. The way well, that, I think that, the nice thing about it is there's a start. There's a middle and there's an end. You yes. know, I feel like that's like a nice like it's put together. It's all there. You have probably stories from that whole section. But oh my god, it's I just, got so many stories. <laughs> it's just nice to like have it be like that was that section of your life. Right and now, you're on to the see. I've I've been stuck in the unemployed architect since I've been in high school. But it's you, right? It's your it's, thing, and that's definitely true. But I'm just saying, like my. At some point, I probably am going to put an end on it, but I feel like the fact that I haven't leaves it a little bit... It's not as good of a story, because there isn't an end. Yeah, it was it was a ball of fire that was just... Eventually, I mean, it, it went up and it was coming down, and at the end of the day, it was just like... I don't think you need to think of your creative entity, the Emplin Architects, as something that needs to have a finite end, because it is your thing, like... This was a, an organic group of five guys that were all just best friends. We did it because we loved it. And at the end of the day, with lives going different ways, we all knew, even if we didn't want to admit it at the time, we all knew that if we didn't end it for the sake of all of us still being able to be best friends, we probably wouldn't even be friends today like and being in a band i mean because i know you you're saying it's like my my entity kind of but there was a time period where it was that it was exactly what you're saying it was you know four guys that we had played show we had you know it, it would have been like my first year of college and it was blair as the guitar player kevin Lyons the bass player and big d the drummer and uh you know we played hundreds and hundreds of shows and so that's why i can really relate to that because we did it so like even though the unemployed architects isn't an end, like there's not like a, a period on it necessarily. That group that of era. the unemployed architects does kind of have a period on it. I mean, I I, I like to leave it open ended just in case they'd want to come back and play. And I still play with Blair all the time and record with Kev all the time and still great friends with Big D. But I could see what you're saying as far as you know, <laughs> kind of you get to a point where you're all just in different places and, you know, maybe not... You're sick of each other. That's definitely a little bit of it. Well, I think that ego creeps in when you think about expectations again and, like, when you start thinking about expectations, it skews the perception of the dynamic of what's going on and then it's like... When life things happen and when somebody's thinking about, you know, moving for this or that and things come up, it's like, well you got to take another look at what you're doing and you put your own expectations up against that and you say, well, like, is it worth fighting with these people that we, we're only doing it because you're best friends? No, like, let's if, if it's going to end for whatever reason, like, let's just end it properly. Let's make it the best thing that we can be so that we're happy with it when we look at it and step away from it. And when you take the expectations away, you, you might think in the time that it's never going to happen again but then you look at it a year or two later and you're like the, you can do whatever you want with it still you could still even make more music with those guys or do Definitely. whatever it might be it doesn't have to doesn't have to be 
a continuous thing in the first I, place. I definitely get what you're saying, but I still do think there is something nice about you guys all mutually, like in a good place, from a good like plate, like a good like from your heart. We're like, let's for the sake of all of us, let's you know, let's do this the right way, and you did it the right way. We are all still best friends. We still have a group thread that we we talk to each other every week. I mean, we we're all still best friends, which is really the best thing in the world. Like. That we so, can still play together. I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, so where can people find your music? Because I had a tough time online. I mean, is it just like, is it on Spotify? Flat City, man? Yeah, Flat Yeah, that's City. all on Spotify. See, I don't have Spotify. It's like the main one I, d I don't It's probably have. on Bandcamp, too. But I looked Spotify's on Bandcamp, and I found, like, I listened to, like, a, it might have been, like, a basement, live from the basement or something. Sure, yeah. It yeah, may have been, like, a might, 13... We might have at one point. Long. We might have <laughs> at one point gotten rid of everything on uh, Bandcamp, but I believe it's I looked on, on YouTube and I wasn't really finding a lot. Bad. I mean, I found the live stuff and I listened to that for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, there's the final show. Um, I think both of our albums are on there. But yeah, uh, it's all out there. I would say mostly Spotify. Spot if you don't have Spotify, I, you should get Spotify. It's pretty. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, I like the idea of Spotify, but. I, I pay for I like Pandora just a little bit better. Oh really? I know I know that no, most people don't. I used to love Pandora, but it's like the you're just getting a it's like an iPod Shuffle, and like you're just and which is cool. It can you, be cool for the right the right like mentality music. to find new music, which I'm always on the hunt for. So am I. And for a while, Pandora was fucking great for like feeding me new music, but at some point it was just like if you want if you know what you want to listen to and then. If you say you listen to something on Spotify, you can you search for exactly what you want to listen to. Say you want to listen to Queens of the Stone Age. Next right. thing you know, you've got them making subtle suggestions of other things that might be similar to that, and they end up making playlists. You don't have to listen to them, obviously, but playlists of different selections of things that you search for that are semi-related between genres. I got you. It's I love Spotify. I, I you're gonna have to get it if you want to listen to the fucking. Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Actually, you don't have to get it. I think it's still going to be free. You can listen to Spotify for free. It's just probably more ads. But the the thing with this, that's what that's the part I don't like about Spotify. That's the only thing I don't like about it is because for Pandora for a long time, you know, you you listen to an ad, but it was here and there. But with Spotify, if you don't pay for it, you can almost hear none of the music you want to hear. Really? Yeah. I guess I wouldn't know because I haven't. Not yeah, most people just pay for it. I, I remember it being every couple songs would be an ad, but I remember Pandora being the exact same way. I, I I feel like every time I go on Spotify and try to use it as an unpaid person, it makes it frustrates me so bad that I won't pay for it, and that's so dumb. I know, but it it is frustrating that like yeah. if I want to listen to Flaccid and I I I go to Flaccid and I hit the hit the button, a lot of times what happens is it'll play an ad. And then it'll it'll be on this. The only option is like the shuffle play, mm. and maybe I'm just an idiot and don't really know how to use Spotify. I don't know. But for for most bands that I like, I can usually find. If you pay for Pandora, you can listen to whole albums. And how much um, is Pandora every month? It's like four ninety nine or five ninety nine or yeah, something. I guarantee you, they don't have 
even a shadow of the but I also, set of music. I also have Amazon Prime, so that has a lot of like the classic stuff that I like. Yeah. And then I have YouTube, which has a lot. So between those three apps, I'm kind of covered. But I, I realize that's three apps to probably do what I could do with Spotify if I just paid for it. But if you want to listen, if you're listening specifically to music, Spotify is undeniably just the best app out there. There's no getting around it. I mean, I kind of fucking hate them too. But it, there's no getting around. I mean, I, I could tell you, like, yeah, you could find our music on iTunes, I'm sure, but nobody uses iTunes anymore. Like, Well, it'd be Apple Music, and you'd have to... I don't have an iPhone, so that'd be out of the question for me as well. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Spotify's just too big to ignore. I mean, we don't make any money off it, I'm sure. I don't... I'd never see a check. I, I, I keep track of all that stuff. Yeah, you don't make, like, anything. And you don't really make anything on anything but title, I don't think. And none of my stuff ever really gets streamed on titles, so I don't... I don't know. There's really no way in streaming that you're going to make a lot of money, I think. Unless yeah, you're... the only way that you're really doing anything is when they, when you hold off long enough, they'll offer you hundreds of millions of dollars to license all your music, and then you get a one-time payout, and they've got your shit forever. But until then, it's just a fraction of a fraction. And... Yeah, and really, I mean, if you're talking music business, most of the money is made by actually being out there and selling your own merch and shit, not fucking... Were you were shows. you guys flat was flaccid good about that? Did you guys have a lot of merch? We were as good as we could be for being five guys and fries. Like anything, we had we had merch. We had I like that little the, five that saying. That's yeah, five guys and fries. Yeah, that's what we were. We stuffed ourselves into a Honda CRV, five guys and fries, flying around the country. But yeah, I mean, we were as good as we could be, unless you had the extra person with you, which was nice when towards the end I bought us a big, huge van that had six chairs and a bench in the back it was ideal you could stand up in it it was glorious but um unless you have that extra person there to really you know be up there selling merch you kind of miss a lot of opportunities see what i all i've ever done i mean i've had i've had shirts and things made here and there but nothing very consistent but without having the extra people like you're saying it's really difficult to run a merch table i've seen people i was just saying i just watched john till play over at distill a couple weeks back and he had his merch table all set up to the right of the stage and on his break he would kind of go sit at it but Mm -hmm. i mean it's just uh, you kind of have to keep an eye on it and you i don't know it's 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 a whole extra thing if you're already doing money you're dumping into it yeah the initial investment what i always do is i just get a bunch of cds printed and usually on the cd i'm like you can also stream us on these places and uh because nobody listens to cds anymore and uh you know i I put it in the tip jar up front and that way people i mentioned i have a reason to mention my tip jar which is nice but also you know if you do come up and put in a tip you actually get to go home with something and it's the thing i'd want you to have it's the thing i've put the most time and effort in is the music but I do feel like there is a lot of missed opportunity with like different little merch things that people do financially. Because I, you gotta build the hype about it just as much as you do the music. It's it's kind of a weird thing. Promoting yourself is just a weird thing in general. Yeah, I I've, I haven't yet to crack that code. It's a constant, like anything. You <laughs> yeah. just gotta keep doing it, and it's harder too when you're pent up at home and you're still trying to do something where you're thinking, ah, I'm too lazy to promote this. Everybody's just sitting at home anyway, and like. It's just a weird mix of having to be the business guy and the artist as well, you and know, because a lot of artists aren't don't have that. You know, you're marketing, you're promoting, you're booking, you're doing it all. 
and I mean, you pretty much have to learn that from the ground up. Oh yeah. But I was I wanted to get into some flaccid stuff because you know it is the Weekend Warrior Show recap podcast. So I want to talk about some maybe some highlights and stuff. Um, not to put you on the spot or anything, but if is there because you you guys were always on it always seemed like on like a nice festival circuit, which I was always so jealous of because I would see your names at all these big festivals. And I was like, man, how do they do it? And uh, yeah, God knows. <laughs> but so some of the, I mean, it'd be interested to hear your take on that and why that happened. And then also just like, give me like a few big shows. And you're saying you were in a van, so you did some touring. I'd like to hear about that. Uh, I think what started off was our friendship with our still dear friend, Ashley Spiegelhoff. She was working at Canopy Club at the time, back in the day, probably 2013 or 14. And she had clued us in on the quote-unquote, which it was, Battle of the Bands that they had over there to get into, like, summer camp. So... Real quick, what are your thoughts? Because I have some strong opinions on the Battle of the Bands. I fucking hate Battle (laughs) of the Bands. I think it's fucking stupid. (laughs) But we did it. And (laughs) we won. (laughs) So that was pretty much what that was. Um, A lot of... uh, week after week of showing up and playing, which was good for us. I mean, it's not, not that we were upset about playing, but the, you know, democracy of it is just kind of silly. Like, to to pit people against each other. Yeah, that's the part of it I don't like. When you get to the end and then this, this guy's over here, like, crying, upset that this band didn't win. Like, they would put that band in in some slot in the festival anyway. Like, at least that was the perception that I had. Like, it seemed like even if you had lost, like, they'd probably do you a solid and put you in, like, at some slot regardless. But in any event, we did the one battle. I think we might have done a second one even. Like, it was it was extensive. So that was to get on the summer camp stage? Yeah, to get on the actual event itself. And we played that for two years. And then we had an off year, and then... We were still just so playing. you guys just kept coming back for the Battle of Band thing. Well, no, I, I want to say we did two years, and I think we won. I mean, we if we did two, we won both of them. But in any event, we played two years, and then we had an off year where we didn't play, and we were still playing around everywhere, obviously, and returned the following in 2018, I believe, and 2017 maybe. My years were all mixed up. Yeah, I can't keep track of that stuff. But at all. I mean, it was it was a great experience. I mean, we we played other festivals, um, probably none as big as that. But those guys are great. I mean, so many great bands there. Obviously, like huge names. Like it's great to just be a small part of it and to be able yeah. to like go there and have the best time. So, do you think playing there kind of influenced the rest of the festivals you got on or was those all separate or It might have it might have certainly had an influence on like people just to put on like your resume as a band like yeah, you know, you play this show. Um, you don't really notice it at the time. It's not like it was an end all be all by any means. You kind of think like, oh, like you do this and then things fall into place. No, you still out there working your ass off to make connections and to get on other things. But yeah, it definitely gave us whatever bit of credo to say, like, we've done this and we'd love to play it, whatever. And you guys were obviously good and successful at the, I mean, you, 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 not only did you get the opportunity, but I think you probably came through in the opportunity. It must have been some good shows. Yeah, they were, they were all fantastic. So, I mean, and that, you know, like you're saying, kind of comes with that, all the legwork you put in, but it's not just about, like, 
you guys were, you know, bestowed this great opportunity and that opened all the doors. It was, you guys got a good opportunity and then you delivered on it. Yeah, and then we definitely worked for the opportunity, but, you know, it's nothing short of humbling to go play a fucking battle of the bands where you're competing against other musicians, which is not what music is about at all. Right, and that's my, that's like my main critique. Oh, it's fucking terrible. And it's like a, it's ultimately like a, a lot of times a like a popularity contest and I only know that be- absolutely because is. I've won I've won a battle of the bands before and I was not because I was the best band there I definitely was not yeah and I'm not saying that we were the best band there but there was no there was definitely no lack of us like making a point to get every single one of our friends I say and fans that were all just you know our hundreds of best friends to fucking cart themselves down to Show champagne and every fucking week in. and be there and be adamant about yelling and being, being drunk hooligans and like <laughs> yelling at the fucking commentators he's like at the at the one maybe it was just one I can't remember my memory's shit but at the one that we won like when he was about to announce it I you kind of got the impression that if he didn't like say it was flaccid that those hundred 50, 200 people were just gonna fucking rip his face off. Like, <laughs> it was wild. Like, and they're they but to, in the same in the same regard to have that many people that are there to fight for you is you know showing something. You know, it, it's not necessarily saying that it's just a popularity contest. But if you can get that many people there to show up to because they support you, you're obviously doing something outside of that. That's that very was, correct. That was certainly kind of our mentality within the fact that we also had them. They were all driving down, like mostly from Bloomington to Champaign, whereas I think the other bands were all from Champaign. So we were kind of outside of our regular comfort zone, but still bringing the turnout to bring the heat. There you go. There you go. Um, so let's talk big, big shows that uh, kind of maybe very memorable or maybe a really terrible show you had. Some or? of the best memories. As far as, like, just great fucking stories are, like, when you bring up the van, we didn't get a chance to take it across the country, but at one point we were just five guys in fries stuffed into Jack's Honda CRV with the trailer behind it, and we were doing this two-week tour out to California and back. We were going out there to do this pre-show little mini festival um, before the Grateful Dead's first reunion. They have, like, a stint of shows out there to kind of warm up when Trey was initially playing with them. And we played this show in San Jose that coincidentally Nick Leroy had set up this fest um, at this plaza to uh, just kind of pre-show their whole weekend of uh, gigs there. So we drove all the way out. We stopped in Denver on the way. Jack was extremely, not even hesitant. He was, he really did not want to, he, he almost wanted to back out of the whole thing. And why? I, why was that? He was, he was so anxious and kind of having a mental breakdown at the time, and really did not want to take his fucking car. It was his car. Oh yeah. And, his, and at his dad's. That makes sense. It does. It did. It does, and it still does. <laughs> but I put a lot of work into his car to get it ready, and then it was like the last week or two before that he was like <laughs> saying like. Man, like we can't, we like we can't go. We can't take my car. And I was like, "Listen, dude, 
we're taking your car. <laughs> you don't have to go if you don't want. I was just like being, being a dick. But he came and a bunch of other shit hit the fan. Even on the way out there within the first eight hours, like people were having relationship trouble at home. And, like things were just hitting the fan. And Jack had this uphill choo-choo train of anxiety for the it was two weeks through the whole first week it was it's a rough drive i mean i spent and so i drove i drove like 100 oh, okay. percent of it i drove the so you know you know better than he does how rough we're driving oh i made like the 18 to colorado <laughs> or most of them and then from there we played two nights in denver and at the end of the second show it was 2 a.m we packed up and we immediately hit the road for a 29 hour straight oh, through man. from there to San Jose. That sounds crazy. And I did it all myself, thanks to Adderall. <laughs> and so we're, we're leaving Colorado, we're leaving Denver, we're like two hours out, we're about to cross the state line, even though we're stupid, we're fucking stupid. We're on federal property being on the highway anyway, so it would have been the same thing if we got pulled over before, but we're like, oh, because well, Weed. Yeah, obviously. we got tons of we got tons of weed and different edibles and whatnot from Colorado before it was legal here, of course. So we thought it was top shit. But <laughs> I mean, it probably was. It, I mean, it was great. But we thought we were hot shit, I should say. Oh, there you go. And uh, we get before the state line. We pull up at this rest stop. We're like, well, we'll just burn through the rest of what we got before we cross. No big deal. And we burn it all through. It's like three thirty, four a.m. And I'm still driving, and I'd probably take a nap, but I was like, I'm just fucking tired. Like, three or four hours later, I was like, I, I really need a nap. So I'm guessing that the border is probably not as mountainy as, like, right outside Yeah, we were kind of coming down. It wasn't too bad, but in any case, it's in the middle of the night. I'm like, everybody else is asleep in the back. I see Kyle to my right. Nick is in the back seat. Usually he was in the far back over the, like, whatever luggage we had in the trunk. He would sleep on that. And... CJ's, Nick's in this seat, CJ's in the other seat, Jack's in the middle under this blanket. I'm like, they're all fucking passed out. I pull over to this rest stop, which we're going up to, I believe, towards Utah, and it was getting hilly again. We're, like, up in the side of this mountain, mm -hmm. but I was like, I just need a nap. Like, I need to catch some shut-eye. So I, I see all the guys sitting there, I'm like, cool. I'm not going to fall asleep in the driver's seat. There's just no way. i got to get up. I'm going I'm to go over to, there's this little grass patch over the left, and in retrospect... It's probably illegal to sleep outside at a rest area because they're legally responsible if somebody just comes up and stabs you while you're sleeping there in the middle of the night. But I wasn't thinking anything. Right. I just go you over. just need to get some sleep. I just need some. I just need like an hour just to fucking recharge. And I lay down for what I think is like an hour. It's been like two. I wake up. The sun's coming up. I'm like fuck. We gotta hightail it. Like we, I still got twenty. So you had a show that you were trying to get to. Twenty hours away, and, <laughs> and I still got to fucking drive. So I jump back in the car. I'm like, "Fuck! I overslept." I look back. I looked at side. Kyle's still there. I look back. CJ Nick's still there. Jack's still under his blanket in the middle seat, just passed out. I'm like, "We're good to go." So I fucking fly out of the fucking rest stop, and we're going uphill the whole way. And I notice so we're on a quarter tank of gas. I'm like, "Fuck! I wonder when the next gas station is." So we're going uphill, uphill, and 20 minutes later, Nick wakes up. He's like, "Dude, where's Jack?" I'm like. Shut up, man. Like, <laughs> he's right there next to you. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, like, really? Where's Jack? I'm like, what? And he, like, pats the blanket, and there's nothing underneath. <laughs> I'm like, what? 
So we're, I'm freaking out that we're already going to run out of gas, and we're all the way up this mountain. Like, he must have gotten out and, like, be sleeping at this fucking rest stop. <laughs> so by the time I'm done freaking out, all the guys are awake. I find this little U-turn on this fucking side of the fucking highway on the mountain. Uh, and I'm, that, that in itself, like, is a not fun place to be. Been I have there. to. I'm like, oh, my God. I Jack, mean, there's no other option. Jack is going to kill me. I, he might be dead himself. Like, I just left him at the... He's probably sleeping at a rest stop <laughs> and waking up wondering where the fuck we were at. Like, we were in his car that he was freaking out about taking, and he fucking is yeah, stranded there on the side of the fucking mountain at his rest area. I just fuck. I was like, like a 90s movie. I fuck. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. I was like, oh my god, I just left my best friend fucking sitting there. He's, he could be fucking dead. Like, he's gonna fucking hate me. He's gonna be like, oh my god, they fucking left me? So I'm can flying... I, can I make a prediction? <laughs> no. All right, all right, so go, I'm go flying down the fucking mountain. Just hoping that he's not gonna fucking kill me when we get back to him. And we finally fucking pull it back to this rest stop, and we pull right back into the same spot that I was sitting in along the side of the fucking little outhouse building. And we all look over, and I'm like, oh my god, there's that little lump of blanket over there that he's under, like, his comfort or whatever. I was like, oh my god, he's still here. Like, oh my, thank god. All the guys are like, don't tell him. I'm like, don't tell him. Like, <laughs> I, I thought him. I just left him. Like, they're like, don't tell him. Just wake him up and, like, let's go. I was like, I'm fucking telling him. Yeah, you and had I, to. I walk over to him. And he's still just sleeping there in his little sleeping bag. And I'm like, Pat, I'm like, Jack, Jack, dude, I'm so sorry. I just, I just fucking left you on the side of the mountain here, like at this fucking rest area. We just drove like 20 miles, like, and I was, I was so worried, dude. I'm so sorry. Like, I just fucking left you for dead in your own car. And he looks up at me and says, thanks for coming back for me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be my prediction that he just was asleep still. Yeah, he was just passed out. <laughs> you guys were fr- freaking I'm out. I'm standing over him. They're like, oh my God, he's telling You thought he him. was dead. And he was just did oh, not not even not even aware that you guys had. So I saved his life there. And a week later, we're at Yellowstone, and he almost he just walked straight out onto Old Faithful at six a.m. as it is as, as it is about to blow, <laughs> and I'm yelling at him. Long story short, yelling at him over all these Asian tourists that are sitting there making me play this beat up guitar while my <laughs> friend's about to like dive into Old Faithful. <laughs> He's crazy. But uh, so on that tour, what were the? Was there a standout show or something that you like really remember? Yeah, speaking of Yellowstone, our buddy who was working there at the time booked us this show there. So that was the reason that we went there. And I, I'm so grateful for the fact that we went to Yellowstone in general because it I've was definitely fun. always wanted to go. It is a must. It's beautiful. We had some scenic days there, just like coasting down this little river in the middle of this rock valley and just cruising great memories but this buddy of ours is fucking nuts he booked us a show because he worked at the like employee park district for like the hospitality and stuff like that so we stayed with him and his sister and what we didn't know because we spent like the first two or three days there just kind of living it up after touring straight for a week it was kind of just a little reprieve and to have a few days to just unwind in the beautiful Yellowstone yeah that sounds awesome and we were we were set to play this show which we didn't know was he had basically booked for the R&R room like the fucking workout room where it's a bunch of old farts that (laughs) roll around on medicine balls all day (laughs) and him being the crazy guy that he was he was like forget that 
we're playing at the employee, employee bar, which is this like literally employee run employee bar that like was the big party hub at the end of every night. Like he's like, no, forget it. We're we're gonna go play down there. And he walks in. I say we were. I was still at his apartment, but he and Nick walked down there. He walk, he's like, I walked in. I'm gonna go walk into the bar and just say, hey, we're the band. Where are we where are we setting up tonight? And sure enough, the bartender was just like, oh, just just right over there, I guess. <laughs> like it's like perfect. And he'd already got himself into a little bit of hot water when we got there because it was later in the night, driving straight through 24 hours after California to get there. And I'd stopped to get like a case of beer before we got into the park because there's no service in there, there's no stores. Um, I was definitely ready to unwind. They ended up drinking most of my beer. He had this party planned and got himself, he got himself red flagged or whatever you want to call it, slapped <laughs> on the wrist for having a fucking party like that kept everybody up and kept getting the security called or whatever. So he was already kind of in hot shit and then ended up missing his shift the next morning even though I tried to fucking slap him and wake him up to get him to go to work he like just slept in and didn't go to his shift at all so he was already on strike two and three days later walks in and changes without anybody's notice us playing from the rec room to the employee <laughs> bar which turned into an absolute madhouse when we started just lighting it up and just ripping like people were going crazy like they were just like jumping off pool tables and like breaking like it was and this it was is madness this is all the employees that work at yellowstone yeah it was a so Friday they're night or they're so. they're ready to party they're, they've been they working all week partiers they, <laughs> they don't mess around these are people from all over the country that go out of their way just to like go there for the great experience of working at yellowstone and being fucking crazy for a summer and they did it right and it, it kind of coincided with this this crazy kid that was like selling mushrooms at the place, <laughs> running through getting chased by the cops, which that kid's probably in jail for life. But then us having the security called and Eric having to deal with it and, and immediately got fired and then <laughs> moved up to Bozeman, which we'd actually made a skirt to Bozeman, Montana to play a show in the middle of that too, which was awesome. But definitely that Yellow show stands, Yellowstone show stands out as the show that we got him fucking fired. <laughs> he got himself fired, but I sounds like a, a good time all around. It I was mean, fun. You were in Yellowstone. You had an awesome show. It was terrific. An interesting story came from it. Your your buddy was there, and I was, yeah, that's and we sweet. got him fired. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, and that was like your main big tour that you did. Was this? That was one of them. We did one more that was also a week or two, similar to that. We. In the same fucking Honda CRV, drove to Denver, Colorado. We didn't do the whole California excursion on this. Well, that's one. like double the. Di- I, oh we my do God. we do a Calif- we we do a Colorado one. We try last three years. We've done out to Colorado, mm-hmm. and that seems very very like reasonable. But thinking about the like looking at the logistics of trying to make it out to California after that. Doubles your distance. It just we were seems young and crazy. Dumb and naive. We were like, we're just gonna do it just because we can. We got the time off work. We were young. We're like, let's just fucking go. It was great. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it back in any means. But logistically, yeah, there's no. Sounds like you were in the car a lot. Oh my god, we lived in that car. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you really like not not stay anywhere then? No, we we had lined up places to stay everywhere that we went. I mean. Did you ever end up sleeping in the car? Is the question. No, I got out and slept at that rest area. Oh, that, that was that was as close. <laughs> no, as we got. all slept in the car at one point or another. Absolutely. I I just mean like for the night, you all kind of just had to buckle in. I think just that rest area. <laughs> other than that, I mean, I had friends in San Jose, 
I had plenty of friends in Denver. One of my friends actually owns the dispensary that we went to out there. Um, obviously, I had friends in Yellowstone. Had friends in Iowa City at the time. Yeah, I mean, we we have places to stay everywhere that we went. But when you're driving 30 hours straight through anywhere, 20 hours, you're definitely getting some shut eye in the car. Yeah. Unless you're me and you're fucking crazy and you're driving the whole thing yourself. Yeah, I've done the Colorado straight for, I think it was like 14 or 16 hours or something. Drive home is always the worst because you lose an hour. And, uh, yeah, if you're I coming can't, from that end of the country. I just, I can't imagine doing 20 hours though, like you were saying. Like, you have 20. It was terrific. I don't know how you can do it. Like, I was going nuts. Oh, doing yeah. it. Part of, dude, part of me though loved it. It was fucking glorious. Like, you're forced obviously to pay more attention when you're the one driving the whole time. Yeah, it's a different so, kind of focus. I, it just, it took me completely aghast, to be honest with you, driving through some parts of the country. Like, I never really knew how beautiful Utah is, but it is I've heard fucking of, gorgeous. I've heard a bunch of good things about Utah. Driving around Salt Lake City, I think it was on 80, but around Salt Lake City and just seeing literally the vastness of the, the Great Salt Lake and just that terrain in general and then getting into the mountainy areas of Utah which are kind of similar to Arizona but much reminds me much more of like so like plateau kind of huge plateaus there was one point we're driving on this fucking single lane highway that's suspended like hundreds of feet above the bottom of this valley you're driving in a valley but you're basically on the same level vertically with like the plateaus to your right off in the distance and there's one that you're looking down into the valley of and on the at the basin of it it's got just hundreds of trashed cars that were probably just driven off the side of it or just jumped there wow that are just like there's this beautiful endless valley and these plateaus at the bottom of one that's like prominently to your right is just filled with fucking junk cars at the basin of that'll it. keep you on your guard a little bit extra right you see that you're probably yeah, like, you're, like maybe i should pay attention just like a little bit more <laughs> i'm lucky enough just to look over when i'm on this single lane highway that i'm freaking out about driving on and i think there was also a cop following us at the time for this uh. like five mile stretch on this single winding fucking like suspended highway that's just like two sides of you know cement blocks keeping you from your imminent doom yeah, on either yeah. side <laughs> It was fun. See, I, I, I'm a little more uh, uh, anxiety-filled when it comes to that stuff. Like, I, I feel too tense sometimes. I loved it. I went out of our way. We probably should I think it's one thing when it's in the daytime, and it, but those nighttime drives in the mountain, like, at 2 a.m. I was telling you about Yellowstone. When we drove into there, it was, like, 10.30 or 11 at night, which isn't that late. But, like, after a 24-hour drive, and he, he tells me specifically, he's like, we're 24 miles in. I'm like, okay. Not like, thinking anything of it. And then we get in and then I realize, like, oh, you lose cell service. So he's like, at 24 <laughs> miles in, you take the right turn to go into the parking lot. Of, we're like 14 miles in, I assume. But we've been driving for like 15 minutes and we're all like fucking tense from driving for a full day and just like. I mean, I definitely freaking think... out because like there's geysers on the right side of the road that are like going off and steaming. We're like, 
all just mystified, and then it's like, oh my god, none of us have been watching the odometer. Like, there's a certain amount of like magic though to that, as far as like you know awesome. after a, after because I always know like when I pull into Colorado, like not just Colorado, like the cool part of Colorado, and you see the mountains for the first time, yeah. it gives you like a little. You see them coming too, and yeah. you're like, oh, they're right there, and then like two hours later, you're still. <laughs> Oh, they're right there. (laughs) That's very true. Very true. You see it from so far away, and you think, ah, I'm going to be there. I'm there. You get all excited. (laughs) You're like, oh, my God, we're here. And two hours later, But there is is a certain, I feel like, jolt that I get. So I'm I'm assuming after, like, a 20, 21-hour drive. Like, we were all just like, is this a real place right now? (laughs) So you thought you were, like, Twilight Zone. It was, like, fucking Twilight Zone, (laughs) where everything is just, it's a different world we just drove into. And then we're like, we literally need to turn around and go back to the entrance and then start counting the odometer as we fucking go <laughs> and make sure that we know exactly where we're at. Because, like, we're following this road and you know that there's fucking giant animals everywhere. I mean, he had, yeah, our, buddy I told us, that. our buddy told us a kid got gored by, a, like, a bison like <laughs> the day before we showed up, like... I mean, I, I get a little paranoid at night with the just, you know, deer and elk in Colorado. You so. should do that. You should be a little paranoid here, too. Like. Oh, I am. I am. But I'm saying there it just seems more... I mean, I know that they're around here, but it just... There was one point where we stopped. We were, like, stopped in traffic. We were like, what is there... Why is there traffic here? Like, what the... We're on this fucking two-lane, like, interstate highway that's not... It's not... wasn't an interstate highway, but, like, it was a back road that was just off to nowhere and there was 30 cars backed up what the fuck is going on and then this bison just starts walking along past the left side of the car we're like we are in nature right now like yeah the, that's a we different, don't this like it different was realization we went out of our way we probably should have left there's four entrances and exits from yellowstone they've got their north south east and west and we probably should have left out the east side to go the quickest way to our next destination which is all the way in iowa Big jumps, big jumps. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're in the car. A lot. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of time to plan it, and we booked a tour around it the best we could. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we were young and stupid. But <laughs> but it was. I'm sure, like you keep saying, you wouldn't trade it. So absolutely I mean, not. You, it's a different way to view the country, and you got a cool view. I mean, you got it from the driver's seat. We probably should have left the from the east exit, but we. I specifically took the south so that we could leave from there and go down through Wyoming and drive through the Grand Tetons, which mm. is like two hours south of there. And after driving through the forest for a couple hours, you finally get to this clearing, and I looked off to the left, and it was this endless green field in front of the fucking mountains, the snow-capped mountains, and just this field full of thousands, the most amount of any animal I've ever seen, just thousands of buffalo out there in the middle of the field, like... It was, I wish I would have gotten a picture, but it wouldn't have done any justice. Like, yeah, well, they never do out there. In anywhere that looks cool, I feel like it's re- it's really hard to capture. I mean, it can be done, but I feel like it's challenging. Yeah. And there's something too. I think, you know, taking it in in real time, and like just being in the moment instead of trying to you know get capture it for Instagram. Yeah, to put it w- where and to I mean. It, those pictures are it's the pictures that I do have. I do appreciate having because it does kind of bring me back. But you know, it kind of takes away from the experience sometimes when you're so focused on getting like the cool picture. Yeah, yeah. There's a give and take there for sure. But it is nice to go someplace cool and just like not even have the cell phone out. I feel like. Yep. 
Absolutely. But, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm probably gonna 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 revisit the. I'll have to get Spotify so I can revisit the Flaccid catalog because I mean, I've I've seen you live a few times. I've done sound for you. Can always burn you a few copies too. You don't have to spend ten ninety nine. Yeah, on I, me. I I don't I don't really I don't really know where I would. I'm I'm just like everybody else. I don't really have a lot of places to even play CDs. You do have Do you have any vinyl out? Uh, I've got vinyl. I mean, I still play a lot of C. I don't play a lot of CDs, but I just have a CD player in the Jeep. I drive an old Jeep, and, and the, I mean, I have a CD player too, but I just have my phone, which I can. Spotify's perfect for being on the go. Like you jump in the car, right? You sync it up. And you're good I to mean, go. any music streaming is just so nice to just be able to find. And there is something to like. I know that you don't. No artist makes a lot of money from these Spotify streams, but I do feel better about streaming music. Than like, because I when I was in high school, I mean, I would just bootleg all this music and stuff and die. Because yeah, well, I mean, it was the wild west of da- like down like Napster and all that. It's funny you meant LimeWire and shit. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Like, I don't think I really steal. I I haven't like downloaded any music in a long, long time Me since neither. the days of iPods. Now that they've made it accessible, it has kind of killed that, which is actually a good point. But. So every time you stream a music, even stream any band you like, you are like supporting them a little bit as yep. opposed to even if it's point pirating zero zero four cents a stream or something <laughs> right, like that. Right. But as opposed to you know, and I bought CDs here and there, but I don't know. I, it's just a one time no. kickback that they get from that. And it's probably a small amount for most on that. I mean And that's that's again I think to the point of what I was mentioning earlier that like it, this is such a this time is such a killer for people that were out there making a living on playing out because a lot of what you do get is based off the initial investment from merch like when you're like people are more inclined to buy your music if you're right there in front of them like and, definitely an easier sell and and if they just saw you and you just killed the show then right. they're like I gotta hear some more of that like yeah where can I get it right now oh it's right there you don't have to worry about downloads but I, I I feel like I would, I, I'm not a huge, like, I'm not, like, obsessed with records or anything, but I'm fascinated by records, and I do like to listen to records. I'm not, I have two older brothers, and they're, like, you know, so far beyond into it than I am. Yeah. As far, but the idea of vinyl is cool, and I think the idea, and it's it's more about, I like, I really like listening to old stuff on vinyl because... You know, that's the way it was meant to be heard. A lot of it, it wasn't. Heard, it wasn't made to be heard digitally. You know, with a lot of like um, old school. Like I, I remember, I was listening to The Who, and Bubba O'Reilly came on, and I just it, like thinking back to that time period and hearing that for the first time. Yeah. I was like, I just want to hear it the way that the, the first that it was heard. Yeah, yeah, that idea. The way that they heard it. And the way they wanted it to be heard. So it's like all of the above. The best they knew at that time. And it arguably, I mean, that's a, there's a big debate, but the way that it is best heard, like, it, vinyl sounds fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, get around it. And there's something to, I think, having a, like, being somebody who records music where it's easy to pick apart music and kind of think of things, you know, in a digital way. I feel like it's easier to hear so many details to stuff and not hear the song as well. Does that make sense? Like, 
you 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 can really like this one part in this song and not even really have to like the whole song, but because that one part really. Um, and I know not everybody has the ear for that, but that I feel I find myself doing that a lot with like digital music. But if I put on a vi some vinyl, it's like I just hear the song. I just hear what it. I don't hear the pieces as much. Does that? Yeah, that makes sense. But I can also like if if you're somebody that you kind of have to be. I was saying this the other day. There's a, a buddy of uh, my friend CJ's that is really into blues and he's gone so far as to like really dig through the roots of blues all the way back from every influence for every, from every instance of every recording of every song he finds the one that inspired that which is what a lot of blues is and it amazes me because the only people that I ever know knew to do that were guitar players this guy doesn't even play guitar I'm like this guy's so interested that he's digging that far back to like early 20s 1900s blues. I think that there's something to be said about the the cataloging of music is can be very interesting to like my my older brother Derek is really like that he is into all like he's so into music but he's not a musician like and, and more like not even necessarily to listen to, I mean he likes listening to it but it's almost like he enjoys the cataloging of it almost as much you know, like really diving into a band and knowing where their, like you were saying, influences sure. came from, like your your friends. And that, well, as far as the blues goes, when he's digging into that, like he's he's got fucking recordings that were like the original, you know, digital representation of the original like records of them making music, like singing hymns in the fields that led to being a fucking blues song like in the early 1900s it's like dude like you are deep <laughs> and that's it, like history I mean, it's really. his, it is history it really is it's just crazy to me that anybody besides a guitar player or somebody <laughs> that's like actually like learning the blues would do but it's fucking cool yeah but uh and, and just hearing it from see i feel like hearing those songs on vinyl would be uh, a pretty cool thing you know just for you hear how how it was supposed to be heard back then right but anyway so i was gonna you know speaking of that i was gonna ask some of your info like who 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 are your go-to's I, I heard you talk about the grateful dead um, yeah i'm not really even that big of a grateful dead fan if i'm being honest like <laughs> not huge on them. i like some of their tunes but like never been one of my favorite bands i like i'm like anybody would say i like a ton of shit some of my biggest influence are probably star wars and <laughs> <laughs> Stupid movies, maybe the Labyrinth. <laughs> so Bowie fan, like some Bowie. I do love Bowie. Yeah, there's no getting around that. <laughs> I love David Bowie. I don't know who I would start with. It probably wouldn't be fair to start with anybody in particular. I love Queen. I love Zeppelin. A lot of the obvious ones. I love the Chili Peppers. I love Dave Matthews. I love Jack Johnson. Like we could go on and on forever about so many. I mean. What's your, what's your, what have you been into lately? How about that? Lately? I've kind of just been keeping an open ear lately. Like, ra randomly, I don't know why I was never that big on Queens of the Stone Age, but, like, I started listening to some more of their stuff recently, and, like, I just had the same thought. I can't believe I haven't been such a big fan of these guys. Like, I've listened to all their stuff. Like, I fucking love their tunes. He's a great songwriter. So I've been listening to them on and off. Uh... Spotify does have some playlists once in a while that pop up or like other friends' playlists, so like I'm kind of just digging through 
other people's stuff. And Mining just for some good like, stuff. Yeah. I gotcha. So, just Queens of the Stone Age, though, is the main band. That's the one that I th- that like actually stands out, just because I'm surprised that I haven't listened to them forever. But other than that, like, there's just little songs that, like, it's probably been a year ago, but, like, maybe a year or two ago, but, like, I didn't have any expectation going in, but I, I love fucking Billie Eilish. I like her tunes, her, her and her brother who produces them make some great fucking tunes. <laughs> yeah, and I, Billie Eilish is one I haven't gotten into as much, but um, Queens of the Stone Age I can get behind. I haven't done a deep dive by any means, but the precursory look I've taken of them, I enjoy the, the main songs and yeah. stuff like that. I should, I always feel like I should dive in deeper, but... Yeah, one of my... Kind of surprised I didn't mention one of my favorite songwriters ever is John Frusciante. Oh, the for the Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. His yeah. solo stuff is that, unbelievable. I remember that one album that his first solo album came out when I was in high school, and uh, there, there I, did, I definitely remember back then I was really into it. Yeah, he's he's got some good tunes. Definitely he's back playing with the Chili Peppers now. I think he is back. I heard that. Excited to hear what comes from that. Sure, it'll be great. He's a great uh, guitar player for sure. Definitely, yeah, he's a phenom. Next level. Um, so, and then I was going to ask about uh, what you've been doing lately. I, I mean, I know you said you've been working on an album for, you know, you got four tracks recorded. You've been playing out at all. What about? Uh, I haven't been playing out at all, but um, I have been working on that album, and it's going to be a work in progress. I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll take me five years. <laughs> I hope not. Know. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, that's. One of my big focuses right now is just kind of getting my thoughts together on that as far as what songs I want to do that are not yet recorded. And I've been kind of on the fence about it for a lot of different reasons, but, I mean, you've been playing shows. People have been playing not shows. Not very often. I mean, it's way... I, I was playing every Friday and Saturday to, like, maybe three to four times a month now, maybe less. I mean, depending on when it is. I, there, there was a couple months where there was no shows, for right. sure. Right. Um and then, you know, I have some stuff that's booked that they end up and it's like an outside gig, so it's like maybe even even okay. one or two of those you've done, but that's basically what I've I booked one outdoor show at Green Top. I've heard of that place, Green Top Green Grocery. Top Grocery. Yeah. Yeah, in their parking lot. Um really, I mean I've just when I was younger, uh my best friend took his own life when we were like nineteen. And in the midst of everything going on with COVID, like there, I don't think there's been a week that's gone by where I haven't seen or heard of some story of somebody taking their own life, whether it be mm. a friend or a friend of a friend. And I booked a show at Green Top, which is going to be a fundraiser for suicide prevention. So I gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah, and that'll be September 5th. Very cool. And that'll probably just be me and a couple buddies, nothing too crazy. But Is the... Chris, Christopher Wyman is that name? I believe he'll be playing with me nice Hopefully he, we'll... I've seen some of his stuff online and he's a great guitar player I, I mean, love that's, that guy that's, uh, I don't know him very well but from what I see he's really really good yeah he's a monster <laughs> that's awesome whether he plays guitar or even dobro which he's been tinkering with he sounds great on everything he's got a great ear he's an even better person he's a sweetheart <laughs> that's always good to hear um, and then just general life stuff what have you, what have you been Doing, in, I mean, to pass the time, have you been working? Have you been... Just jerking off, really. <laughs> sit at home. Uh, yeah, working, but, you know... So where, where, do, you, where do you work at? <laughs> work at? I work at a place in town called Skater where I build electrical panels and do 
different projects with them. So not something that was, you know, that did you close down for a while or? No. You pretty much uh, just have stayed strong this whole time? Most of the people ended up uh, going to work from home and I've been predominantly the only person in every day still working on stuff physically there. So so you, you haven't had any sort of lapse besides the social lapse. I feel like that's... Social lapse is the big one. Yeah, that's the part. But we make do. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you make do is the question because I feel... I don't know. I, I get kind of frustrated. I, I'm not a big social light anyway, I think. I think I'm, I'm a pretty uh, homebody in a lot of ways, but having the option to, like, go out and do something and that being... Sometimes it sounds good just to go get fucking breakfast. <laughs> you mean, like, with a group of people, or...? Just to yourself, like, and then it's like... I mean, like, I like that stuff. I'm, I'm like, a big proponent of that stuff, but, you know, there is a certain... Especially with... I, th- I think I use shows as my kind of social kind of cup that needs to be... Well, fuck yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's that. It's, it's the times when... You're doing something that you love, and you get to see the people that love you because they're coming to see you or just to be around. But and even then, even at shows where I don't even really necessarily go out and talk to people a ton, you know, I'm just, just to see people doing the job. You know, I feel like my cup gets not completely filled up from that because I still have to like have interaction with friends and family and stuff like that. But you know, right now without shows and with limited interaction with friends and family, I feel. I feel emptier than normal. I don't know. Do you not have that same... No, I've definitely had the same feeling. I think everybody has. But you... I mean, to your own... For your own safety, I mean, you're going to do what you feel comfortable doing. But you just got to make do. Like, I haven't... I've, I've got parents that aren't too old. They're nearing 60, I guess. 58 or whatever. But... I don't, I'm not putting them at too much risk by being outside again. Like it's not like we're sitting in a room together. Um, it's what we do. I mean, it's not like we don't still like get to see each other. But but there's probably you're probably doing less stuff than you would have been doing. It's the same thing. No, it's just sitting outside and luckily it's summer. Like sitting outside drinking some beers and fucking playing you, with the dog. And do you think it's gonna get pretty bleak here if it doesn't? And the winter time comes around, you're stuck, hold up inside. I think it might get a little bleak either way, whether it goes red or blue. So you're I mean, saying just election wise, yeah, right? That, that, winter, that'll, but that'll spice things up. That'll keep <laughs> us warm for the winter. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm I'm completely dumbfounded by what even. I I just don't even I. I almost can't even say anything because it's both just a bit terrible. I could say a lot of things. It's well, fucking, it's pretty fucking ridiculous, but yeah. Just the fact that we're even forced to choose between two. But that's that's the main thing. To every single time. Like, <laughs> this is the best we've got in a country of 330 million people. Like, I, all right. I just don't. I don't. You can't live that. your life based on it. Yeah. And, but right now, you know, it really does seem to be kind of affecting the mass population. Usually in, in previous years and previous election years, like, yeah, I think it did matter. I'm not saying it didn't matter, but. The direct effect, I think that there were like, times it didn't matter, like in two thousand when we spent like a week wondering whether it was fucking Bush or Al Gore that won. Like, right, it was just night. like a joke. Like nobody fucking nobody. We weren't like on the fucking on our heels, but like it's now it, it feels it's like gonna, it's gonna everybody's on their heels over sleepy Biden or fucking Trump. Like <laughs> I did, I just it, it just seems like we. 
the the overall unrest of people is at like a peak and then to just give us nobody to put any sort of faith in seems a little yeah that's the thing i don't i don't really have any faith in either of them like as far as anybody being the end all be all i think it'll be crazy don't you way. think though i think it'll be crazy either way there's no fucking doubt about that don't you think it would be nice just to even either side if there was just a standout person that was like a real like leader you would think you could find somebody <laughs> but no but here, here do, i are. just think the overall mentality of like in the unrest would resolve just a little bit if we just had somebody that seemed just seemed like they had leadership skilled and skills and cared about the people that they would be governing. Yeah, that would never work. Because <laughs> who would want who would want who that? Would want somebody that's reasonable in charge of all these and fucking who peons. who who. What's the, who's the person that is reasonable that would want that job? I don't Nobody, because they've got their own shit going on. Right. I don't want to fucking do that. Like, yeah, I don't. I mean, not that I even could. I, I, I don't get think worried. I, could, I get worried about booking a safe outdoor show with social distancing. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to fucking deal with everybody's opinion. Right. All and the having fifty percent of everybody pretty much hate you would be pretty. Yeah. Angry. Even though I say I don't care what people think about me, I also don't want to fucking be the president. I yeah. Be that guy. <laughs> well, whether you care what people think about you or not, you I guess would, I, I'm, I'm. You'd also, have to. You'd have to care what people. I have think. too many things that people would fucking hate <laughs> that wouldn't that wouldn't fly. Right. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just uh, was was curious as to how you're passing the time, and it sounds like you're busy with the album. Playing a lot of tunes. Just I've been taking uh, some lessons from this really good bluegrass picker who plays with Ricky Skaggs. It's yeah, you're saying Corbin. that. He's a monster. Uh, and just by hearing you play for a little bit, I could definitely tell that you were taking taking it to the next level. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I didn't that I haven't always played with the pick, but I when I play at home and I play an acoustic, I'm always just finger picking and trying things out and finding different stuff so my, my finger picking has definitely gotten a lot better over the years and I just thought you know like I should push myself in a different way with my instrument and get back into something that'll make me start focusing on picking again flat picking in particular but it's all the same but just really dialing it in and pushing myself in a new position and it's it's pushed me in a lot of different ways I didn't realize with even just little patterns that end up becoming a different idea for some jumping off little point for a song or something. for different things yeah, yeah. it's been opens, great opens up kind of your different neural pathways probably that yeah. makes you come up with yeah, some I'm different kinda, stuff yeah I'm a big procrastinator I push shit off until like two days before and it's like I don't know why but then I end up looking at the sheets and like just the little patterns that I should have been playing. It's like, God, there's a lot of stuff here that I just end up riffing away on, and then it becomes something else entirely. Right. And then, uh, so you still been playing electric guitar a lot, or? Um, not a lot, I wouldn't say, but I have been. Um, played a couple nights ago with uh, Kyle's new band, Kyle and Jack's new band, uh, Formidable Foe. It was Kyle's birthday Friday, so we were jamming a little bit before. Nice. He had a couple people over. And then uh, last night, like I mentioned to you earlier, I think, uh, Nick, who was also in class, I think Kyle came over, we were just jamming in the basement a little bit, so it was great. And that's a good way to have an excuse to get together right now, I feel like. Might um, as well. Yeah, when, with uh, all my all my buddies that uh, I play music with, which are really the my only friends, I think. <laughs> they ultimately are people I play music with, but... The real ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're the diehards... 
diehard friends because of that almost you know you, you have you have a different kind of maybe bond and mentality that you kind of overlap a little bit more so with people who who like to who like to jam but uh yeah i just think like it's like a good it's a because you can't go and hang out anywhere, so you may as well get together in a small group and yep. jam some tunes. Got to adapt. You got to just make do and hang out at home. Go out to the country. Sit yeah, I, I I need to probably get out. And I feel like with the full time job, I just like never have any time to feeling overburdened with it now. Yeah, but anyway, it's awesome to have you. It's awesome to have it's like our first you, real. Like uh, talk and yeah, we'll get, to, get to know you. I'm I'm definitely up to do that for sure. So um, appreciate you. Uh, where can people find your music? Uh, currently, mostly just my uh, personal Facebook page, the Nolan Kelly and Friends page. So Nolan go and Kelly, like Nolan Kelly Tunes. Go and like Nolan Kelly Tunes and Nolan Kelly and Friends on Facebook. Instagram, I'm no thank you, sir. Gotcha. It's very misleading, but it's not changing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always posting random little videos there, but yeah, I'm out there. And then you're you're getting into podcasting, or you've done a few podcasts. Yeah, I've done a couple, and hopefully going to be getting back into that. It kind of hit a brick wall. I started right before COVID happened, and then haven't really had anybody over to do that specifically. But it seems like everything on that front is easing up a little bit. People are getting. I mean, one on one, if you both know that you're to a healthy, certain extent, everything is kind of easing up, right? Like, you know, I mean, in some ways, yeah, in other ways, <laughs> not at all. But if you can, if you can be safe about it and know what you're doing, like, is it safer than going to Walmart? Probably, definitely. I think it's definitely safer than a lot of things you could do. And that's what Nick was saying last night. He was like, "That's my gauge at this point for everything I do. Like, is this safer than going into Walmart? Like, if like, yeah, okay, like, okay, on that gauge, my shows have been fine. I think. Right, you're outside. You're not shouting in somebody's face. I'm like, not. I really haven't. I mean, I've went up and talked to a few people, but I not playing shows in a long time, and then being on stage. It's like I don't ever want to get off the stage, so I pretty much just keep playing. Like, I take very minimal breaks a lot of the time because. Mm. It's very hard for me to even think about, like, okay, I'm going to go and uh, just shoot the shit for, you know, 20 minutes of when I could be playing all these. Because, I mean, my as much as my show schedule has diminished, my practice schedule really hasn't. Because I'm still, like, trying to keep, like, Push you know. forward. Right, and keep my chops up and keep my, my you know, song repertoire up. So, like, when I do, it's like I just am, like, as many as... many as Last night I had a show at Clark Bar in Champaign, and I was only supposed to do six to nine, and people were there, and they kept putting, like, I kept saying, if you want me to play longer, you know, just put... I got, I got a tip jar, happy to do it, because they had already asked me to play longer, and when they when they put the tip in, I was like, you know, I'll play as long as you guys want if you keep throwing tips in that jar. Ten dollars, that's two hours. <laughs> Twenty. Twenty was about an hour, I think. Is what it ended up. So they, 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 they put a few 20s in last night, and I ended up playing for like four and a half hours. So it was, uh, so I don't really get a lot of actually like really close one-on-one. Right. Because, you know, with this being like in front of the mic, you know, you're not talking or being next to... The show I played before that had like a back door that like got to the stage. So really, both both of those have been a lot better than Walmart, I think. So I think my gauge, my conscience is okay. Clean. No, I wouldn't say clean. That's that pushing it's, it, maybe. It's barely dirty. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this was great. Uh, I I'll definitely uh, 
put put all the, your links in my my uh, the comments and the description and everything so everybody can find your music. So just look below, click on all that, like Nolan's everything, and appreciate it, man. Yeah, we'll get, we'll uh, talk to you next time. Have a good one. Anybody who took the time to listen, I always appreciate you, and we will see you. Have a good one. Bye, people. <laughs> Thank you.